0: Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyer Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyer Labs, and today we get to talk about the future of healthcare technology and innovations. And to do that, we get to talk, we have Melinda Richter with us. And Melinda is the global head of Johnson Johnson Innovation J Labs. So, what is J Labs? They do a lot of things to help startups and scientists commercialize their technologies. So, it's kind of it's it's hard to explain exactly, but it's kind of like a flexible accelerator on steroids. They want to liberate scientists to create amazing companies and save lives and make people healthier. So, we'll talk a lot about this. And so, before J Labs, Melinda has quite a background being the founder and CEO of uh, Prescience International, which was a firm that also helped accelerate early-stage healthcare companies. So I'm excited to hear more about Melinda's background. And Melinda is, well, she's located in San Francisco, but I guess she's giving this interview now right from Toronto and uh, <laughs> she, t- today. Um, and she also holds a bachelor's from the University of Saskatchewan and an MBA from NseED in France. So Melinda, thanks for joining us today.
1: Mm, my pleasure
0: definitely and so all right so before we jump into um, you know kind of your career you know wh- well what's your background before you started prescience and then you know, where did you grow up?
1: uh sure so I actually grew up in northern Saskatchewan um my parents uh, and their grandparents were uh, escaping from World War II, uh, from Europe. So my dad from around the Prague area and my mom and her family from, uh, Belarus. And so they both came over from Europe with their parents. Um, you know, the typical stowed away in the ship and are, were going across the country of Canada. And the case of my dad. Um, halfway across the country, he was about, you know, about six, seven years old at the time they found he had a a brain tumor. So he had to get it operated on. And, you know, of course they fled Europe with just the clothes on the back and the money in their pockets. And so he used up all their money on this surgery, which is a miracle when you think about it back in, you know, 1940, that it was successful and he lived, but, uh, they had nothing left at that point, so they took a homesteading grant where you get a plot of land and a little bit of money, and they settled up in northern Saskatchewan, as did my um, mom's side of the family, and uh, that's where I ended up growing up in this small little village of a you know couple hundred people that were all Eastern uh, European from you know the Ukraine or. Uh, Germany, Russia, etc. So um, it was quite a humble beginning that we had there. My parents had uh, nine children: five boys and three oh. sorry, and four girls. I have three sisters, and so that's that's where I grew up.
0: Wow. Well, that's that's quite a good background. Better than expected. That's it. That's uh, we could talk a lot about just <laughs> that. But um, anyway, let's. Uh, <laughs> so we could. <laughs> So after that, and after college, um, and before precedence, what did you? Uh, what were you doing? So
1: yes, I, I got my bachelor's of commerce from University of Saskatchewan, and um, at that point, as I was graduating, I learned about this uh, leadership development program that uh, a big global telecoms company had at the time um, called Nortel Networks. It was a big famous Canadian company, unfortunately, no longer here, but at the time, it was the place to go work, Um, and this leadership development program was exciting because it was an opportunity to uh, experience different roles in different business units in different geographies around the world with express intent to be groomed to be president one day. And, uh, so I started with them in Calgary, went to Toronto, went to Raleigh, North Carolina, went to London, England, went to Beijing. Um, and at that point, I, uh, was just about to leave to my next assignment when I got, um, bit by a bug, like literally bit by a bug. And that was the turning point for my career. I was, um, I, I landed in an international health clinic there. Um, at the time, that's kind of your first go-to place um when you get sick and and uh, i'll never forget the moment when the doctor came in and said you know i'm i'm so sorry there's nothing more we can do for you mm. you should you should call your family and uh you know there's nothing like that moment where you have to uh stare into the dark of night not knowing whether you're going to wake up the next day and that changes a person uh and it certainly changed me it was, um, it was particularly frustrating for me because here I was working in this telecoms company when we we're working on something that seemed so frivolous now at that time where we're trying to figure out how to order a soda from the vending machine with our cell phones. And yet I'm <laughs> in this hospital and uh, they're telling me I can't make it because they can't even figure out what I have. Mm. And so the irony of it was. Um, and, uh, startling to me and uh, I vowed then if I made it, if I got through this period of time, I would come back and try to make the healthcare system just as advanced, just as productive, just as sexy and attractive for the best talent and the best investors to get into it. Um, and so hence I, I made it uh, which was um it really, it's one of those gifts in life that you. you um, I used to say I had the smell of death in my nose. Not that that was a bad thing, but it it just made the 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 colors of of life seem so much richer and deeper, and and made the birds sound even more beautiful, and it just made you appreciate life in a completely different way than I had appreciated it before um so it was really a gift it was a gift in how i appreciated life it was also a gift in that it completely changed <laughs> what i did with my life that was a total right hand uh turn that i wasn't expecting to make but that's how i got into the life science industry that was the beginning of my journey into the life science industry
0: and and you have a, a great ted talk about that that people should uh listen to as well um I, I definitely enjoyed it a lot. And, and so does that appreciation, do you think, still ca- – I mean, I'm sure it diminishes a little bit, right, that you have to deal with the day-to-day, but do you think that appreciation for life still carries over from that event? Like, do you think about that event often?
1: Um, you know, I not as often as I actually would like. You know, sometimes we get so caught up, I should say. I get caught up in the day-to-day – you know, rushing around, as you know, I, my travel schedule is crazy and, and you get caught up in the little things sometimes. And it's actually the moments where things get really tough when you struggle, um, when you actually think <laughs> you might quit, uh, because it's just too hard. And then, you know, it's at those moments when I go back to that time when the doctors gave me that news and, I remember sitting there in the dead of night hoping and wondering if somebody out there was was fighting for me, Mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't know who they were. I couldn't see their faces. I didn't know their names, but I, I really hoped they were out there, and so when I get to my tough times, I go back to that moment, and I... Remember why I started this journey, and I think about all the people that are out there in their hospital beds at this very moment, who are hoping that I'm out there fighting for them. And um, then I get back up and I dress myself off and I keep going. And uh, and that's when it comes back. And and then you know every time I meet one of our entrepreneurs and and I. Feel their passion for what they're doing. And I recognize again, all the patients that they're helping and, um, all the people that are hoping they're fighting for them. And, and it just, it, it's, um, it's so rewarding. And that brings back, you know, an appreciation for, for being here and making the most of our moments, right? So, we're here on a very important mission. All of our entrepreneurs are here on a very important mission and we're in it together. And, and you know, part of that important mission is making sure that every moment here together counts, whether it's doing important work or enjoying our time together. Uh, and I think that's what's so great about our community at J-Labs. It's a bunch of entrepreneurs who are focused on the mission of health. And yet it, we're all so real with each other. We laugh together. We cry together. We celebrate together. Um, you know, we invite people to bring their whole selves to work, not just that old corporate mentality of you have to be professional and buttoned up and all that sort of stuff. We want people to be obviously. We want them to be respectful and responsible for what they say in their actions, but be real. And so it's been a fun journey. It's been uh, rewarding to not only help bring this mission to life for many people, but to, to be a part of a community that is so meaningful and so supportive of each other.
0: And how did you, and I have a ton of questions about JLab, so we'll get into that soon here, but... Going back to, you know, you have this desire to get into healthcare now. Like, how in the world did you make that jump from uh, telecommunications to healthcare? And what did you do? And <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I went on a journey. Uh, you know, I first started with um, getting my MBA, and yeah, that was kind of like a a timeout for me. And um, that was in uh, you know in the suburb of Paris in a little. Uh, place called uh, Fontainebleau which was a a beautiful place to be Um, and from there I um, picked up and moved to the Bay Area, uh, San Francisco Bay Area and the home of Biotech and I I just started one step at a time. I started with the question of what does it take to to innovate in life sciences and you know I'm not a scientist. I wasn't going to cure hepatitis C or HIV or cancer, but I was a good business person, and I thought if I could learn about what it takes to commercialize in life science, and compared to uh, compared to what I knew and how to commercialize in tech, maybe I could see a problem that nobody else has seen before. And uh, you know, in my journey working with these life science entrepreneurs, I realized that the problem was quite simple in one sense. In the tech industry, you give a couple of guys a couple of computers and a couple hundred thousand dollars, and a couple years later, they can turn around and sell that to you know, Microsoft or Yahoo or Google for $200 million. So it's fast and easy, just like that. Um, but in the life science industry, before you even turn the lights on, you have to spend at least a year or more uh, going out there trying to sell a concept that you don't have a uh, any validation for yet, because you first need all this capital equipment and the specialized infrastructure. So you have to go out and raise all this money, and by the time you get the money to put that all in place, you still have another eight to twelve years to get a drug into market and billions of dollars. So from a from a outsider perspective looking into the industry, you know, for me it was it was obvious who in their right mind would start a life science company. Uh, by the time you got it to market, if you ever did, you're so deluded. You're only making a difference. And not that that's a bad thing, but that's not sustainable for an industry. Um, so I realized you had to make it just as fast and cheap and easy to start a life science company as a tech company. And then I went back again to what I knew, which is when I was working at Nortel. You know, I was able to go into all of these different assignments in these different places and quickly execute on my product or my project within a, a year period of time because everywhere I went was this, you know, basic platform of resources already set up for me. So there was, you know, a specialized research facility. There was an operations team. There was those marketing team and legal teams, et cetera. So all I had to do was focus on my project not getting everything all set up. So, I thought, well, maybe I could set up a big company infrastructure for early stage companies. A a place to go where you had um, all of the capital equipment, every company would usually have to go out and raise $5 million to have access to, that it would be there already. I would make the other half of the space into individual wet lab and dry lab and office modules. So, somebody could come in and take something as small as a five-foot bench and literally put it on their credit card like a gym membership and have access to all of that equipment. I would have an operations team that would take care of the day-to-day activities for the company so the companies could focus on the science, not all that other stuff. And a business services team, you could be there and help them do everything as basic but not inconsequential as turn a a research project or an idea into a company and then have all other kinds of services that would help those companies grow and scale. Um, which included educational programs so scientists could learn about business and business people could learn about science science uh, we would have funding series where we would bring funders to the table and essentially set up a dating system between people had technology looking for money people had money looking for technology and and you know we did it I did it on my own I started it off on my own and I knew you know it wasn't something I could go and pitch to a big uh, established life science company. I mean, who was I? I was coming from the tech industry. I didn't have a PhD like everybody else. Um, and the only way I could really do it is if I just started from scratch, which is what I did. So I created Prescience, and we did our first center, and the companies did very well within a five-year period of time. They raised nearly $2 billion worth of of financing through either – venture capital or angels or grants or, or strategic deals. And, and so, you know, by that point, I realized we were onto something. We hadn't solved the big industry problem yet. You to do that. You'd need to scale, but we've been doing pretty well so far. So we decided to expand and go to San Diego. And, and that's when we met um Johnson and Johnson and, uh, You know, it was one of those things where you don't expect a big farm company to act as entrepreneurial, as passionate about patient solutions as small companies do. But that team in San Diego certainly did. And we realized that if we put our mutual strengths and assets together, that we could actually tackle the goal that I had of, of solving an industry problem of trying to make it faster and bigger easier to get life science start uh, companies started at scale. And so uh, we started off with a partnership, and then um, uh, Johnson and Johnson uh, invited us to uh, join J and J. So they acquired my company, my team, and and we started on the journey of creating. J-Labs across North America. We've got, um, eight sites. Our eighth site is in construction right now. It's opening in, uh, May of 2018 in New York City. And we're looking at, uh, rest of the world now. Where else should we be and how should we be there? And so it's been, um, it's, it has been an explosive journey with J-J and could can ask for of better partners to, to um, have the same mission that I originally had, which is we're here for patients. We're here to help people actually stay healthy before they become patients. And, uh, you know, that alignment in mission and values is everything. If you don't have that alignment, you're going to always be at odds with each other. But, you know, I've been really fortunate to have um, a, a leadership here um, and a history of being focused on a credo, which is we focus on first the patients and their families, and the doctors and nurses who serve them, and from there everything else follows. So it's been it's been great. It's been hiring. We're going 100 miles an hour all the time. We haven't lost our startup mentality at all, um, and and that's why we connect with our community. Right? We're still. In it together, we have the same culture, the same values, and we're just doing what we can while we're here.
0: Nice. All right. And and uh, how do you describe J Labs? If somebody's like, "Hey, so what is J Labs?" Just you know, I, I call it like a accelerator on steroids, But how do you kind of uh, describe it?
1: Yeah, I think it is. It's a it's a catalyst uh, for. Innovators and in ecosystems around the world. Our goal is to help um, these innovators um, get focused on the unmet medical need and accelerate the development of their their companies and their technology to reach the people who need them as quickly as effectively um, as 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 smartly as possible. Um, so that you know, I would say that's it.
0: Okay. And how do you uh, select which companies come into J Labs? And is it do they actually usually have a company, or is it just some scientists with an idea?
1: Um, You know, I think it it, there's a range. So there's a couple of things that we do. So we have a um, a diligence process and a selection committee to to um decide which companies make the most sense to be in JLab, And so what we look for are um, companies going after critical unmet medical need. It doesn't have to be in our strategic areas of interest. It just has to be an important unmet medical need. Uh, they have to have credible science and technology that could address that unmet need. And then they need a rock star team. And by a rock star team, I mean, it can either be a, you know, serial scientific founder who's been there and done that before. Um, who obviously is, uh, you know, has experience in taking something to market before. Um, that's like gold. No question, but we also look for hot, young, dynamic new teams that have never done it before, but Incredibly passionate and they're talented and they, um, you know, want to make a difference. And we believe that when we have young teams like that and we match them up with resources and mentors from a big company like J&J who understands what the commercial need is, knows what big companies are looking for to show if that technology is going to work or not. Um, when you're matched with mentors like that, these teams can do amazing things. And that's that's what's been interesting about this is in the past, you know, people have said entrepreneurship only happens successfully in Boston or the Bay Area. And we don't know how it happens. It just happens there. It's this big black box that nobody can see inside of, but it exists. And what we're finding is actually that no question, great stuff happens in the Bay Area and Boston. And what we're learning is that when you match these hot, young, dynamic teams with experienced mentorship from people within big companies, actually, that that's success. We can make those companies. We can – sorry, I shouldn't say we can make – We can help those companies be the best that they can be because we help them stay focused on the target so that they use their time and their money wisely. So, what's the unmet need? And how is industry going to look at your technology to see if you've made it or not? So, what kinds of data do you need to prove? And what's your work plan to get there? And stay focused on that goal. And then we can provide all sorts of other kinds of resources and support along the way Let's say you need regulatory expertise or um, market access um information to know how to design it for which market, which country. Uh Let's say you need a compound library. You don't have to go out and get one yourself. You can get a jump starter kit from us. I mean, all of those things, most small companies would never have access to before. They could never afford it. They wouldn't even know where to go to get it, and now it's at their fingertips and it's amazing what these teams can accomplish and that's what's been really exciting for me is to see these young um innovators get a shot that we never had before and they're doing great things and that's what the it is rewarding for me to see you know i wanted to make it attractive for kids coming out of college to be just excited to get into the business of health as they were to get into the business of tech, to go to Google or Facebook or Amazon. And we're seeing it, you know, now, now these young kids coming out of school, they're seeing that they can make a difference they can, they can, um, you know, do something that's going to make them feel good and utilize all that brain power and that energy that they have. So, um, you know, it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of is to see this young talent coming in and killing it. Um, and, you know, it's, um, it's changing what we've defined as traditionally entrepreneurship and where it happens. Now it can happen anywhere. You can be a hero in your own hometown. You don't have to move to a place like the Bay Area or Boston. We can get you connected to the resources you need and you can stay, you know, in the same community as your family and your friends.
0: That's 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 exciting. Yeah, man, I love what you guys are doing. I, I was a uh, in my earlier life, I was CEO of a med device company, a startup company, med device startup company. And man, there's like it's just like like you said with the regulatory and like the go to market strategies, there's so much to know and like to learn. And you just, yeah, you guys have to set up this it seems like this wonderful environment where people can just. They get all that, a lot of that um, education information. They can focus on the science and executing on the technology, um, and so. Yeah. I mean, that's all. You guys offer a lot. So, I mean, do you guys also? You, um, I don't think you. I don't think you make cash investment. I mean, obviously, you're investing a lot in these companies with all these services you're providing. Um, do you take any equity in these companies?
1: Well, uh. That's a really great it's question. A... So when they come into J Lab, <laughs> it's a, it is actually a no strings attached model. So we wow. actually want companies to build up their equity, build up their value before they have to give it away. Because again, back to the original problem, um, you know, life science entrepreneurs were having to give up so much equity cuz they had to do so much fundraising that by the time they sold their company, they didn't make very much. And so when you think about these these People gone to school for how many years to get their PhD and how expensive that is and making so little money on the back end. I think that's the, the the sad untold story about this industry. You know, you often hear about the big bad pharma industry when actually people have given up a lot to be in this industry. They could have gone and um gotten very high paid jobs in the corporate world, um Outside of the pharma industry, and yet they all chose to be here because they want to make a difference. And when they start these companies, and by the end of it, you know, if all they're doing is essentially making less on what they would have done if they'd had a salary all these years, well, that's 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 sad. But more importantly, when you look at the tech industry. In the tech industry, you know, there's tons of billionaires out there or multiple, you know, millionaires. And what they do, how they fuel the tech industry is they go back in and they reinvest and they start other companies and they reinvest in those. And you don't get as much of that in the life sciences. And so we're trying to create these entrepreneurs who are going to make enough money to not only go back and do it again, but to invest in other companies. And that's what we're seeing happening now. Um, and that's exciting too, right? So that's it's starting to take on a life of its own, and and that's meaningful, right? Because if we're gonna, if we're really gonna make this happen, we have to give the power back to the the innovators in the community, and that's that's what this is helping to do. So so we don't take any strings, we don't take any equity or first rights. But what we do do is have our sister organization, our innovation center deal team and our equity um, arm of, of J&J called JJDC. They um, uh, help us select companies and as we're mentoring those companies, if those companies are interested in doing a deal with us, then we connect them to these deal teams. And these deal teams include scientific experts for each of our therapeutic areas from our farm division, um, our experts from our medical device division, and and from our consumer health division. And if our science leads think that these companies have potential, then we can do a deal around these companies and these... So they'll bring in their transaction um, colleagues and Then they'll say, what kind of deal should we do around this company? Every company is different based on who the founders are, uh, what kind of science they're doing, what they hope to accomplish with that science. And so we can customize a deal around that company. And so we could do very traditional kinds of deals like equity investments through our JGDC corporate venture arm, or we could do licenses or you know, bigger collaborations, but we can also do these creative small deals that are usually what kill entrepreneurs in the valley of death. So, for example, let's say a company is doing something revolutionary and they're really excited about it and we're really excited about it, but neither one of us really knows for sure if this is going to go anywhere. Nobody's going to put big bucks against that because that's far too risky. So what we could do together, though, is a killer experiment. We could fund, uh, let's say, uh, for example, a three-month, $100,000, no strings attached research collaboration, where we could focus on that one killer experiment that'll give us enough data to either say, yes, we should do a bigger deal, or B, we should re-vector and try this in a different area, or C, you know what, it's probably not the right place to spend your time and your money. You know, you you want to have a meaningful mission, you know, find something that you can apply this to or find a new area within, you know, the sphere of health to, to make a difference. And that's exciting because that's, you know, when people will come up with something revolutionary, they would never get a chance, never get a shot to actually try it out. Um, and now we're giving them that shot. And if they can get to that, you know, proof of concept, then, you know, the next deal. Is around the corner, and then the next deal is around the corner, and so when we have J Labs combined with our IC deal teams and our uh, corporate venture arm JDDC, it's a it's a continuum of possibilities for entrepreneurs in the life science space, and so that's been it's been fun to create this framework. It's called Johnson and Johnson Innovation. Uh, it is our uh, external innovation strategy and organization that j&j's put in place over the last five years and uh you know it's been incredible to see the growth that's happened um in the early stage community um that's focused on
0: health and and can you walk us through kind of a, a case study that of a company that has done well going through J Labs and and do and even start really early like How does this company does do? Companies have to um, come on site, and then for how long, and how does that all work?
1: Sure, Um, I'll give you an example that's near and dear to my heart because it's a company that um, was uh, motivated to get started because of J Labs coming to town. So uh, there was these um, two young guys; they were working for. an industrial kind of biotechnology company in San Diego. They had dreamed about starting a company for about 15 years and, and, uh, to make a major impact for patients, but you know, they didn't think it was possible for them to do in their minds. They were just two ordinary Joes. In fact, the CEO's name is Joe. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> then J-Labs came to town and they started attending all of our educational programs and they sit at the front and, you know, scribble notes, uh, voraciously, throughout the whole uh, series of workshops. And soon enough, they had the confidence to believe that they could actually do it too. So, they quit their jobs and with 40000 $50,000 between the two of them, they started a company. It was focused on uh, RNA technologies, and it was going after rare diseases, and both of those were not of interest to J&J at the time, but we were so excited about the passion that these two young men had that we wanted to support them. We accepted them in a, into J-Labs, and and one of the first things we did is um, brought in mentors for them from our biotech center of excellence within J&J, and our, our mentors said to them, listen, if you... Really want to make an impact for this technology platform, you have to prove out these three things. If you don't prove out those three things, you you're never going to make a deal, and you're not going to make it as a company. And uh, you know, if you you know choose to do this, then once you get the data that you think proves this, we'll validate it for you. We'll we'll we we'll, uh, test it, we'll reproduce it, and if that if it works, you can take that validation to the bank. You can go to a venture capitalist. And we're positive they would give you money, and that's what happened. They ended up getting 13 million dollars. They went back into the lab, but they needed a, you know, they needed a, a really big deal now, right? So they uh, kept working on their technology. And one day, I put them in front of our um, heads of R and D uh, from our farm division, and one of our uh, heads of R&D from our infectious disease vaccines group said, oh, my God, this is the technology I've been looking for for hepatitis B. Hmm. Hepatitis B is one of the 10 deadliest debilitating diseases in the world. And, uh, you know, we had been looking at other companies for a technology, but all those other companies were going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars. And here was this young startup company with these two very bright, passionate, committed young men. And uh, we decided to do a deal with them. It was a multiple $100 million deal. And, uh, you know, these companies, these two young guys came back to me and they said, this is so exciting. We're so appreciative. And yet, Melinda, we're still really passionate about doing rare diseases. That's why we got started. But we don't know how to tackle it. So uh, we introduced them to our um, market access or commercial folks, and they helped identify a need in rare diseases that their platform could have, could tackle. And so they went back into the lab, worked on it some more, and then within six months, ended up doing a $1.6 billion deal with a company for rare diseases in addition to our deal. So these guys went from quitting their job, it was $40,000 to $50,000 between the two of them, to doing over $2 billion worth of deals, in two and a half years,
0: so that's crazy. That's tech and it, time, and that's so, in life sciences. That is <laughs> our goal. <laughs> yeah, that is so. Yeah.
1: Impressive. So, so that's you know that's it. These guys are these guys are now running a mid-sized biotech. They're you know they're still young, and they're so passionate, and they're making such a difference. And now they're employing a whole you know cadre of scientists. Who are getting to do work that they love and feel good about, and you know they're they're you know hitting it out of the park. So you know that's exciting. That's that's a story now. That's a story on steroids. But we're seeing versions of that story throughout our JLab site. So that's what that's what's exciting. And it's exciting to be a part of that kind of success story.
0: So do you think you've gotten over the years better? trying to identify people like that, Uh, you know, it's the team and the technology, Um, right? Have you guys gotten smarter or what do you look for?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, we're always evolving. We're always learning. We're always growing. Um, And I think, you know, as we see scientists and the work that they're doing, we realize that whatever it starts out with may not be what it ends up as. Hmm. And that's okay. You know, as long as you're looking at some of the core components of it all, is, it, is the science and technology good? Is it credible? And are those people that are doing it, do they have a passion for it? Are they going to keep going through all of the hurdles that come up in their way? Are they going to fight through all of those hurdles to reach the finish line? And I think we're starting to think about it more broadly like that. Um, what are the values? What are the principles that we're looking for in the teams that come forward? And, you know, the, the excitement is not just with those companies, but when our mentors from all over J&J, we pull people from all parts of J&J to be mentors for these companies. That same excitement, you know, now starts to translate and all of these employees in a huge corporation that maybe didn't get to be on the front lines of innovation before, because, you know, it's a big company and you do your kind of your job and your, you know, one function. And, and now you get to be a part of the, um, young innovators journeys and, and tackling something big and trying to to go big and, and, you know, they get to ride the wave of innovation. It's very exciting for them, too. So it's fun to see everybody helping each other be their best selves, you know, rising up to their full potential. Um, and so I think, you know, what we have learned is uh, to be a bit more open than we were before, but to be very disciplined about execution. That's where we get really focused. How do we help them execute? How do we help them? in the best shot at making it happen. And we've also learned how to create new solutions in the marketplace. So, for example, we've created this Quickfire Challenge um, vehicle. It's a a global crowdsourcing uh, tool whereby we come up with uh, business opportunities or challenge that we're looking for innovators from around the world to put forward their technology to say if they can solve it or not. And so we'll put out these mass challenges and we'll have innovators from around the world to apply and and then we go through and review all the technologies and the winning technology will win an uh monetary award and or a residency at a J Lab. And uh it's exciting to see innovations come from everywhere. And that's is again about mm. we believe innovation is everywhere. You can be a hero in your own hometown. So we're finding things from you know, countries all over the world and you know the, it's incredible technology coming from you know Australia or Singapore or Ireland and we're able to give them money uh residency more importantly you know we give them a year of mentorship so that they can develop their technology to to hit the mark if they can and uh, you know that's been another evolution in in solutions we're providing to the innovation community to, to again address the the goal of, of uh, you know helping get solutions to people all over the world so that they can stay healthy uh, So that's you know our journey is constantly evolving we're always learning we're always shifting depending on what information is coming through So from that perspective you know it's a very dynamic, uh,
0: vehicle. Yeah, one of my questions for you was going to be, uh, you know, if you are going to start up like a biotech or med device company, what would you know? How would you start it? But my guess is now you would probably say join J Labs, and and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it, a, it makes choice. so much sense because you know I am here in Mass <laughs> and Wisconsin, and we have quite a few biotech companies, and I just don't. I mean, I don't know how they compete if they're working on something similar to a company that's in J Labs, and they're not. I mean, you guys just give so much resources and acceleration two of these companies. <laughs> so I feel bad for all these companies that um, are not in J labs because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean you make it so much easier.
1: Um, um, especially like, well, it does
0: oh, go ahead. it does
1: get easier. I mean it, it is the network. I mean it's incredible how quickly your network can grow when you get inside one of these, whether it's through their Jane Day colleagues or whether it's through the other entrepreneurs there or all the investors we bring in. We have an investor hub in each one of our sites where multiple investors come and post office hours and talk with the companies, help them think about their story or potentially fund them. And So, yes, it is. It is a wealth of resources. Nonetheless, I still encourage everybody out there who's working on something meaningful, you know, not to get discouraged and not to <laughs> give up if you're not a part of this and, and reach out. I mean, for us, you know, if we can figure out a way to support companies all around the world, we whether we're in that city or not, we'd love to figure out how we can help.
0: Yeah, I love your, your guys' attitude. That's awesome. Yeah, you're so open. This, I mean, yeah, I mean, I knew, I, I, I was thinking it was more like a traditional accelerator, but you guys are just even uh, more open than that, which is nice. Um, and I, I was curious yeah so when you first talk to companies that just joined J Labs do you, you know what what advice um, do you give them certain advice to each each company that joins or is it just depends on? Um, you
1: know I, um, I, we do and I, they get advice from so many people when they come in. <laughs> you
0: know
1: my, my biggest advice to them is stay focused on the goal. Like what is it that you want your technology to do? You know, many startups they meander, right? They get excited about this possibility and that possibility and that possibility. But really the key is to stay focused on a target and try to prove it out or disprove it. You know, it's just as meaningful to get a fast no as a fast go because you don't want to be spending your precious time and money on something that isn't going to work. And listen, if you're talented, there's another health problem for you to solve. So don't worry about not having a, a luxury of problems in the industry. So there's many out there. So, you know, try to prove or disprove if your technology can work as fast as possible, as efficiently as possible. And, you know, utilize all the people around you to, you know, take advice and wisdom and support from and you know along the way you're gonna learn a lot of things not just about the technology but about yourself and you know just be open to that journey but stay focused on the goal
0: nice and we're nearing the end of this podcast unfortunately but i got two maybe three questions if that's okay and uh yeah one of them is uh or uh, around a, a particular company, I. I know you probably don't have I know you love all your companies or that are a part of J Labs but curious to hear if you have a one that uh you're you're thinking about a lot that's part of J Labs that's really interesting or do you have an example like that you could share
1: well, you know, there's so many interesting ones. <laughs> okay. I got to tell you, it just it is—it's exciting, but it blows your mind. Um, you know what? I I'm seeing it are things that are quite transformational. I'll give you an example of a company called glycine who um, has this pill. It's a polymer-based pill that you you know uh, ingest, and it helps the lining of your intestines. And it mimics the same um, benefits as bariatric surgery. Hmm. So imagine wow. that, right? Um, it can not only help you lose weight, but it changes your metabolism. And and now you don't have to go through the expensive and um, invasive and costly um, intervention like surgery. So... That's super exciting. And that's, you know, that's kind of like the transformational type of solutions we're looking for. And then at the same time, I mean, think about our artificial intelligence. You know, Toronto has become a major hub for artificial intelligence. And we have some really exciting companies like Deep Genomics or Analytics for Life that are using artificial intelligence not just to help assess your disease state, but which therapeutics would work for your particular Disease given your genome, um, who you are. So, talk about personalized medicine and talk about fast and efficient. Um, so, you know, when you think about all these different solutions, no matter where we're coming from, whether it's um, to help cure if you have something um, or whether it's to help prevent you from getting sick in the first place, you know, our goal is to create a world without disease. That means People don't want to be patients in the first place. Nobody wants to go through chemo. Nobody wants to have to go through surgery. So, how do we help people stay healthy? And by the way, if we have genetic wiring which we can't help that predisposes us to a disease, how can we intercept it early? And our goal is to keep people healthy and productive. You know, being their best selves with their family and friends and and so all of these technologies that we're looking at, that some are so radical and so different, complete sci-fi, well, I think it's actually possible. It's It's been incredible to see how technology has progressed in the life sciences, and we're seeing some of those companies here today.
0: Interesting. And, and so uh, moving forward with J-Labs, you know, is there anything, are you getting, it sounds like you continue to open up new centers, which is great. And... You know, what else do you want to change or do with J Labs moving forward or just kind of keep doing the same but bigger and <laughs> better?
1: Well, you know, obviously um we're looking at other places outside of North America. One of the one of the challenges I think the industrial um world has been very focused on developed countries versus other countries that are uh, huge in terms of population, like Asia-Pacific, and when you look at those countries and how, as we're learning more about how our individual genomes affect us um, differently and uh, affect different populations in terms of how disease manifests itself. We need to be able to have innovation, um, uh, created and developed in those regions. So for us, looking outside of North America is, is very important. So, you know, hopefully you'll be hearing about some other day labs, um, that are tackling, you know, health issues in, in other parts of the world. Um, and I think it's also important to think about how can we think about systemic change to all parts of the system. And so, you know, as we're here in the ecosystem, we want to work with a variety of players, whether it's thinking about how clinical trials could be done um, more efficiently. Uh, and there's a great organization called Transcelerate that's working on things like that, uh, how we can work with other, um, you know, funders and interested parties all over the world, um, be coming together in, in uh, collaborations to help focus on changing either the system or how we can create innovations at scale. Um, I think you'll see more of those kinds of things happening. Um, so, you know, more on that hopefully soon. We'll have to do another podcast, I think. <laughs> Uh, Maybe in the new year, uh, maybe we'll see some announcements out there that'll put some uh, uh, color around that. But I I see lots more evolution of the types of solutions we're bringing to the marketplace and where we'll be doing them.
0: Awesome. Well, excited to follow you guys to see what you uh, all build and, so, uh, last question, I promise, and this is a personal one, not too personal, I don't think, but yep. <laughs> what do you, so, <laughs> so what can't do, wait for this? Yeah, so no, um, oh, don't worry. I won't, there's no crying on, on the podcast, <laughs> but you know, I was, I'm always curious, you know, what do you, you sound pretty busy, so maybe you don't have a lot of free time, but when you have a little free time, what do you like to do outside of, uh,
1: oh. saving the world? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I will put it in three buckets. Um, visiting family and friends. I travel a lot. So when I get a chance to be at home, um, and get to connect with my, with my people, I love to do that. Um, my partner and I, uh, he's also, um, fairly busy and travels a lot. So we like to, to, um, travel for personal time on our personal time, have a bit of adventure travel. So
0: uh,
1: I've been known in the past to do some crazy things like diving with sharks or, (laughs) uh, heli boarding in Alaska, that sort of thing. Um, and then the third thing is that I am a, um, I'm a political and economic news junkie. I love (laughs) learning about what's going on in the world. And, uh, Digging in and debating and dialoguing with people over
0: dinner. So that's uh, it's been a, that's fun, a fun, fun thing for me to do. I was going to say it's been a fun year for you, probably. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Eventful. <laughs> that's
1: a, that's a different podcast.
0: That you know, right,
1: lots of fodder for dinner, comedy. <laughs>
0: yes. <That's right. laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, unfortunately, that does it. But one that was awesome having on, I... Great to hear about your like you know, your passion and what how you got into healthcare and then what you're doing now at J Labs. It's awesome. So really appreciate you coming mm-hmm. on the show and hearing your story and well J-Labs. thank you
1: for having me and, and uh you know, I hope your community of, of listeners out there uh in the Midwest where you are um feels free feels free to reach out to us. Um, you know, we we gotta stick together. This is a tough tough nut to crack so only when we do it together can we actually be stronger
0: yes yeah I think uh, companies in the Midwest could definitely they do not know about you for the most part I'm guessing and uh, so at least I shouldn't say that but there's a lot lot who don't so hopefully this will help spread the word and I'll spread the word too but uh, yeah right, sounds great I really appreciate it and uh, uh, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Flyer Labs as always I definitely appreciate it and uh, we'll see you next time Bye, everyone. Bye, Melinda.